Welcome to ContenderCast, a leadership conversation centered on shining a light on bright ideas. And now here's your host, Justin Hahnemann. Thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for downloading. This is the ContenderCast. It's Justin Hahnemann. We're shining a light on bright ideas. And today we are talking guest experience. It's absolutely like one of my favorite areas for so many reasons. And my guest today is Jason Young from Buckhead Church. Jason, it's awesome having you on. Hey, Jess, Justin. Thank you for letting me be here. It's fun. <laughs> Jason, Justin, you know. Hey, dude, I was looking forward to this conversation in so many ways. Um, I get to work with Jason every week here at Buckhead Church, and he leads all of the guest experience um, activities here at Bucket Church and for North Point Ministries. And we'll talk about what that means in just a minute. And he's got an amazing new book out called The Comeback Effect, How Hospitality Can Compel Your Church's Guests to Return. You guys are going to love the content today, not only for the whole church audience, but also just thinking about the aspects of guest experience as it relates to business. So let's dive in. So Jason, talk about your role here at Buckhead Church and North Point Ministries. Yeah. So it's fun having a dual role. Um, so here I lead our teams. It's not just me, but lead our teams in the guest experience space. Um, and then I also, I have some other responsibilities um, here as well, but then I lead the guest experience team across North Point Ministry. So think of it this way. There is a uh, guest experience or guest services director at each campus, and I get to partner up with them uh, with ideas and you know meetings and that kind of thing. So everybody feels fully equipped to do what they do. Super talented team. Yeah. And North Point Ministries, just to give you guys a sense for this, 36,000 people on average are either attending one of the campuses at North Point uh, Ministries or online. No, nope, just that's just physically that's here. That's physically? Yep. Oh my gosh, huge. Well, and then what's cool about Buckhead Church, what's our typical attendance here on Yeah, Sunday? so right now we're having about 5,000 adults. Wow, that's amazing. And then of course the kids programs where I spend my time on Sundays, um, just an incredible experience. And what I think is cool about these churches is big church, but small feel when you're there. And part of that is because of the, the experience that you have under Jason's leadership here. Um, so, all right, Jason, Talk about what made you write this amazing book. Um, I love books to begin with. (laughs) So let me just be honest about that. Um, And the other thing I I think, this isn't a, in the church space specifically, there are a lot of books on customer service. Sure. But there aren't a lot of books written to uh, the church about how the church could do better. It's, we have to read a business book, we have to translate it, and then we have to, you know, so we'll contextualize it. So for this, it's what could a person in the church, write something for the church, but then it also worked the other way and it reached the business business community. community. That's our podcast today, right? Yeah, so can we go the other way? And so that's really what I wanted to do. And really to stay true to that, um, it actually worked. And so I'm talking to a lot of businesses as well as to other churches churches because the truth is this, people are people. Whether they come into a a big box store, a restaurant, or a church, people have needs and, and figuring out what those needs are in each environment but people are still people. No so, question. Yeah. Does that make sense? It does. And a lot of our listeners work for companies that are in the service industry, right? They have um, a set of stores, like chain stores, or they're in the consumer goods space looking to find a product that impacts a guest experience, or they're in like the service industry, um, overall travel, hospitality, et cetera, and where guest experience is so important. And yet, I think what's interesting, and we'll dive into this in your book, is that you know many of the reasons people return to the church here or a specific hotel or a restaurant is not because of the food or the building, but it's the service. Yeah, hundred percent. And even if you take that one uh, layer deeper, people come back to a place because of how you made them feel when they first were there. 
And so when I go back, is a food great? Great. But if the service and the way you made me feel wasn't good, it's no real incentive to come back. But if I go down the street and the food was decent or the clothes are decent, but the service was phenomenal and you made me feel a certain way, that's an incentive to come back to your store, to your restaurant or to your church. And I think sometimes what we do is we will get the checklist right. We'll get the right. functions right. And we are so proud of ourselves. Right. We checked the box. We've checked it. But when the guest leaves, they're not thinking what you're thinking. Right. They're thinking feeling. You're thinking function. Both are needed. Right. But you got to leave with feeling. Why? Because that's what the guest is walking out experiencing and they're going to come back to feel again. Yeah, totally. And I, again, get to see this every week. And one of the things that's unique um, about the way that North Point and you here at Buckhead um, handle guest services, and as you call it here, is you know thinking about it from the standpoint of the first experience with the guest starts in the parking lot. So talk about just the model here about how you think about the layers of guest experience here at Buckhead Church. Yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, we're 2018. So technically, people's experience begins before they ever get to the street. True. So it's online, which that that's a whole nother conversation. But as far as physically on the property, yeah, it's kind of like a street to seat mentality, you know, so love the rhyme. If we think, hey, you know, (laughs) um, if you think about what that looks like, what that feels like. So take, for instance, um, potentially every guest thinks about scenes. So they pull in, they want to know where do I park? They get out of the car and they're, what's the right door to go in? They want to know like, where's the right hallway? And that may lead them to a kid area or to a lobby. Fourth area would be like uh, uh, the lobby. If I can get there, it's probably connected to an auditorium or there's people can answer my questions. And then five, if I can get into to the lobby. So whether you're a business, restaurant, dental office, it doesn't matter what you are. You have your own set of scenes. And what you got to figure out is what happens in each of those scenes? Like what's a guest like thinking and feeling and wanting, try to address it try to make sure the transition between the scenes is as, is as smooth and as seamless as possible. So that way it's, it's smooth in and it's smooth out. You've created no disruption. And then you know what? That elicits a certain feeling. But even more than that, inside of each of those scenes are the people. So we tell our team this, how you feel about a guest walking in will be directly reflected in how they feel about you when they walk out. Ooh, I so, love that statement. So in each of those scenes... If you feel a certain way positively about a guest, you're eager, you're ready to anticipate a need, you're going to make them comfortable and understood and seen and valued and heard. Like every single one of those scenes, you sew all those together, like you're doing pretty well. That feels amazing. They're going to want to come back. So walk us through the typical guest experience, first time visitor on Sunday here at Buckhead Church. Well, that's a great question because they could start literally, you know, we tell our parking team, you're not parking cars, you're guiding people. So some of these things, you know, you may be listening and go, oh, it's just semantics or that's, (laughs) you know, you're making a big to do about nothing. But the way you think will flow in how you behave. And so I don't want you to guide a car or park a car. I want you to guide a person because a, a car doesn't have a feeling. But a person does. Absolutely. So, you know, so when you think about that, so as far as to answer your question, Justin, they could come in and we interact with them as far as the guest services, a team that works with adults. But they may also come in and go straight to a kid area, up an elevator straight to the kid area. And that's where the guest services team, you know, in a kid area interacts or in a middle school area, wherever it may be. Our goal is this, for you to be guided well, 
which means we walk alongside. We tell our team members, feel free to walk away and walk with. So walk away from whatever your post is. Again, your function is not the priority. The feeling you give is a priority. So walk away, walk with them, guide them wherever they, and then offer, hey, where we met, like I'll be right back there. So as soon as your day's over, if you need to come back, have any questions, whatever, you could find me there. So you can deal with one person. You can go back to them. They're familiar. You've met them. There's been a very small relationship built, but nonetheless, it's comfortable. So the entry point could be in a lot of different ways. The goal is regardless of the entry point, can we make you feel comfortable? Can we make you feel seen? Can we make you feel valued, understood, et cetera? So you don't have to, you know, you just walk in and it's like, oh, they've been expecting me, you know, versus like, oh my goodness, they weren't expecting me. We got to figure out what are we supposed to do? This place does not have it together. So (laughs) we want you to feel like we have actually prepared well for you. Yeah. One of my favorite things that Andy always talks about is if you want to experience your your church, your restaurant, your hotel, whatever that is, walk with a first time visitor through that process and, yeah. and see how that works and see well, it through their eyes. You know, on that note, um, many regular attendees don't pay attention to a lot of things that happen at the church until one moment happens in their life and it's when they invite somebody else to come. Now, all of a sudden, <laughs> they're paying attention to Everything details. better be perfect. That's right. They didn't pay attention to cleanliness right. as much as they're like, okay, my mom or my dad or my brother or sister, they're coming. God, they get this right today. And you know what? Businesses, same way. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So you, no give, you give people confidence and trust when you do the small things really well all the time that not only are they coming back, but they're bringing people when they come back. I love it. I love it. And, and it takes a great coach or leader like yourself to instill that in other volunteers, right, that are here on their own accord. So uh, thinking scene by scene, love that concept. And oh, by the way, one of the chapters in your in your book. And you know, when I think about your book and translating like what you've learned over the years and, and your experience here and elsewhere, it, one of the things you talk about is service being different than hospitality. Talk about that for a moment. Yeah. Um, if you're listening today, you you might even disagree with this, and that's totally okay. But I want you to consider something. Service is action-oriented. We are going to provide service. It's doing. Hospitality is feeling. Sure. And so it's not that you – they're mutually exclusive um, because, I mean, you have to serve well. You have to give great action because – it's important. But if you do the action devoid of feeling, you haven't won. And so hospitality is, what is the feeling that I want um, I want Justin to experience when, you know, uh, after we have a conversation? In fact, I had a meeting just this morning with somebody and I asked this question in interviews. I asked sure. this question often. It's when people walk away from you, what do you want them to feel? Mm, that's an interesting well, question. It's it's a challenge to answer the question if I always think action but it's different when I think of feeling, well, I want them to feel inspired. So my actions now have to contribute to helping them feel inspired versus, well, I just want them to know they were taken care of. I mean, that's not a bad thing, but it's, I want them to feel seen and cared for. Therefore, I need to do A, B, and C. And so it's just switching it just a little bit, but it's enough for the guests to feel the difference. Sure. I love that. And I love thinking about like a service mentality or kind of, in my mind, it's like a very green slash process uh, way of thinking versus hospitality where you're thinking about what experience and what someone's feeling. It's pretty amazing. Um, 
And you, you say focus on feeling as much as function, which I love. How about um, another area that I found really interesting about your book is around culture. And you talk about creating a culture and not just like a job title. Yeah. Well, I mean, Justin, it, it doesn't matter if you're in a hotel, if you work for a bank, <laughs> right. or if you were, it, it, does, it doesn't matter. Church, it doesn't matter. The, the temptation is we have needs. We hire a role. The person does the role. And so this person creates this um, isolated leadership role that it's, it is title driven versus, you know what? I want us to build a culture that I'm, I'm really more or less an orchestrator behind the scenes, constantly evolving the culture based on what I think is necessary, sure. what is needed, sure. responding to um, culture itself, if you will, on the outside. And so being super sensitive to all that. So, Inside of the culture, my job title gives me permission to, in essence, build a team. That's what it does. So I'll build a team based on like the best possible people to deliver the best possible, um, give the best possible care every single time. And so the culture is, is really not, here's what's interesting about culture. It's not what you want it to be. It's how your people already behave. So my culture is, if you were to come here today, is how you see people behave. It's not... Well, what I really want it to be is, and that's culture. No, it's what it is. Because when people, a customer, a guest come into your store or church and they walk out, the things that they're talking about is the culture that they just experienced. They have no idea that that's not the one you want and that you think it should be X, but they, whatever they've seen, whatever they've experienced is the culture. So, you know, if you want a different culture, then then you need to build something that direction. But realizing the culture to the public is what they're already experiencing. Sure, I can definitely see that. Well, and you know, I'll, I'm going to take a little tangent off of the book for a moment. But one of the unique things you have to address from a culture perspective in running a uh, guest services environment at a, a mega church, we'll call it, is a lot of volunteers, and they all bring different. Thoughts, ideas, experiences, opinions, slash backgrounds to the role of guest services, right? And so, one of the important things I would think is is setting a culture that has that instills the values that actually you write about in your book. So, talk about that and that challenge because these are not full time employees, yeah. but they have the potential to go out beyond here and be, you know, the people that really talk about the amazing experience that you have here at, at Buckhead Church. Yeah, gosh, a lot to say here. So <laughs> I, I look at it this way. I am one small piece in a massive um, uh, organization or in a team that really does great work. So I, my, again, I'm an orchestrator and I'm an identifier. So I want to identify um, people that not not just help me, but that I can help in their life. You said a key word beyond. I think where churches miss is we train volunteers to do great on Sunday, but what if we train volunteers to be great in what we're teaching in our thought process beyond Sunday? So if they're sitting in a business meeting or they're sitting in carpool or Absolutely. they're at the lunch table or Absolutely. whatever, we've influenced beyond Sunday. Like to me, that's success. That's so that's that's a piece of it. The other piece of it is this. I am more interested in you feeling known than what you can do for us. All right. Unpack that for us. Yeah. So I think there's this approach that, um, hey, look, they've hired Jason to do blank. So I need, you know, 750 people to help Jason do blank. That serves Jason. But (laughs) what I am more interested in doing is every person wants to be seen and known 
in terms that they feel comfortable sure. uh, with. And so what I want you to do is I want you to, like, I see you. Um, if you're not here, somebody's going to miss you. Um, and so known to the level that you feel comfortable, because that is what builds, again, going back to feelings. So we talk about how a guest feels. They want to come back. Well, why do you think a volunteer comes back? Because we do functions well or because no. of how we make them feel? Absolutely. Yeah. So how we make them feel, one of the key ways to do that is to prioritize them uh, being known. So our volunteers don't get paid. But what I try to do is I try to figure out, let's help them feel known. Let's give them maybe more responsibility than they should have right now. They can grow into that. Let's have fun. We talk through our values, which is really just quickly is showing care. They're going to be flexible right? Have fun, deliver wow. Like we're going to talk about these things. When we coach, we coach through these things. And sometimes if we have to let somebody go, unfortunately, sure. it's because of one of these four things. No so question. It has nothing to do with Jason, but we're built, our culture is built around these four things. And we feel like, you know what, that everybody wants to show care in some way. Everybody wants to have fun. And sometimes we have to teach flexibility <laughs> right. more than the others and delivering. Wow. Like if you can do the small things really well all the time, yep. like you know what that's like when you've experienced it somewhere. And now let's give you the chance to do that here. So all of that combined helps us hopefully create a volunteer experience. Not for guests coming back. That's fine. Sure. But we need the volunteers to come back because they're the ones that actually deliver the experience. to. No the question. Yeah. And on your desk, you've got like six different varieties of, of thank you note cards, which is another quality that I love about you and your staff here um, to recognize those, right, that are doing amazing things. All right. So I'm, I'm now back on your book. So a couple of other areas I'd love to just to touch on briefly before we, we close. Um, one is around being fully present. And I think this is a really neat idea. Talk about this one. There's a lead pastor, uh, Jeff Henderson, and, and he, he gave a question uh, years ago. And let me just personalize it. So if I, if I sat here, you know, and I looked at you, Justin, I said, what's it like to be on the other side of me? It may look very different than when I look in the mirror at <laughs> right, me. Right. Because I'm I'm in love sometimes with the qualities of myself. <laughs> and I know that <laughs> yeah. sounds humorous and you're like, nobody does that. No. You'd be amazed. Sure. But sometimes it's taking a step back and asking people, you know, maybe you don't listen as well as you think. Maybe you listen to enough of what somebody says, hoping they'll be quiet so you can respond versus listening through what they say so you can get the words and emotions and all that to maybe give a wiser response or maybe no response at all. They just wanted you to listen to them. Sure. So being fully present is, is very simple. It's being aware of your surroundings. It's being aware of who is in front of you. And it's managing that moment really, really well. And so, you know, in a few areas, um, mentally pressing pause on what you're saying uh, or what you're thinking so you can press play on what somebody in front of you is saying. Mm -hmm. When that happens, you don't have 80 conversations going on in your head. Sure. It's just you and me hanging out. I'm fully in tune with you. Absolutely. I can give better responses. Maybe I ask you a question that's behind your question, you know, yep. things of that nature. It, there's the, the, the physical element of being fully present body language. Does my, you believe more in my body language than I, than you do with my words and, and tone. Sure. So am I physically fully present with you or like are my words here, but my body somewhere else and people pick up on that. You know, they say first impressions are made at least in the face within a hundred milliseconds. So one tenth of a second, the speed at which a hummingbird will flap its wings 
someone that's fast says to you yeah Absolutely. your face and yep. then interesting they will spend the rest of that time justifying whether they made the right decision about you or not wow so they'll spend more time justifying about. than they will gathering information about you on physics so physically fully present and the last one is uh emotionally it's really just this are you empathetic Look, most people are not so when you choose to walk into the shoes of another. So if somebody's having a down day, you kind of like you're there with them. When somebody's having an up day, like you're there with them. You figure out the rhythm sure. I'll have some, uh, uh, of a person's feelings and then you, you go with them. When you do that, you are empathetically taking a journey with them. And here's what's powerful about that. It's so rare. It's so memorable. It's so meaningful. Sure. You just created the comeback effect. People mm. want to come back to you to have a conversation because you give to them what 99 other people did not. That's what makes you a little different. Dude, nice linkage to the title of the book. Well, if you think about it this way. <laughs> I love it. Look, if you think about it, we referenced this earlier. If people come to a church and they want to come back, great. If they want to come back to a business, great. But at the end of the day, people come back to all of those because of what we're talking about, because of one person they experienced. And so when you think about what's it like to be on the other side of me, well, that's how they phrase the brand. That's how they contextualize the brand. They come back because of how they experienced you. Dude, that's awesome. I love that. And it just links, you know, like the subtitle, how hospitality and actions like you just talked about can compel your guests to return. Your church's guests, your fill-in-the-blank guests, right? Yeah. Well, Pretty even amazing. you think about when people come to your house, do they want to come back or not? Well, it <laughs> oh, depends right. on how you made them feel. <laughs> and so, some of them you may not want to come back. I'm just saying. That's a whole nother podcast. You know? <laughs> that's right. <laughs> but I get it. I've had that feeling. But if you think about it, like this, this is not just business application or church application. This is like you as a leader. Like, do people want to come back right. and talk to you? No question. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe you ought to ask somebody. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, no, you're exactly right. Well, um, other than coming to Buckhead Church on a Sunday and, and meeting you in person, where can our listening audience find you and most importantly, find your new book? Yeah, so you can pick up the the book at your favorite retail um uh, place you can get it at uh, on Amazon. That's my spot. Yeah, or that's I downloaded it on iTunes. Yep, and you iBooks. Can, yep. You can do that. Um, Barnes and Noble. Yep. Um, but there are a lot of different places. You could check out the comebackeffect.com. Very cool. And that, in fact, that that has some uh, available resources that are free. Uh, sometimes people are saying, I'd love to read the book, but I don't know how to guide a conversation. Sure. Um, that guide is there that uh, awesome. is written for you as, as a leader. You can guide at work, at church, volunteers, wherever it is. Um, and then you can personally, you can connect with me at jasonyounglive.com. And Perfect. so there, there's you, if you're like, who is this guy? Hopefully that <laughs> answers the question. If you want to reach out, you email me personally. Um, and I'm happy, I try to respond pretty quickly. And then a little bit of more of what I do. And if I could be helpful to your church and to your business, you can find out information there. Well, that is awesome. Jason, thanks so much for coming on the podcast. It's yeah. been a blast. Thanks, Justin. It's fun. Thank you for joining us on The Contender Cast. You can download additional Contender Cast episodes directly via the Apple iTunes App Store, the Google Play Store, Spotify, and other preferred podcast platforms. If you would like to be a guest on the Contender Cast, connect with us at contenderbrands.com. This is Brian Benson reminding you that every winner started as a contender. <laughs>